uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you for all the people that's listening and chiming in. You didn't have to do it, but you did it anyway. So I appreciate you doing that. Hopefully that way, if we can learn how to agree to disagree, and we can live like people. When I make the hard topics, I say the hard things, I make the thing itch scratch. So if your itch is not scratching, and you're scratching on the itch, maybe you need to look yourself in the mirror. So I'm not here for no drama. I'm not here for no nothing. Just to learn, 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 and edify. This is from learning situations only. So I'm not here to get anybody's hairs up. So, again, thank you. And hopefully we can agree to disagree. see what type of heart he is. We're going to see if he's a kitty cat or is he a lion. All right? Let's analyze. We make no apology with our alliance uh, with China because we believe that China can help us even with load shedding. Um, 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 we need a government that has got interest and that negotiate good terms and said to China, build it, operate it, and hand it over to South Africa. The Chinese will never refuse to do that. They've never refused to do that. But because we're hell-bent at our alliances with the West and America, we've missed opportunities to strengthen our own um, economy through fostering working relationship with countries that will not destroy. China is not going to colonize Africa. The problem is your corrupt leaders who go to China with empty bags and come back with money. They want money and they negotiate with money in their mind. So you, you come to me like that, I will also dribble you. So go there with proper ideas, not with corrupt mentality. There's no China that wants to do colonized anyway. How do you get colonized now when you are the negotiator? South Africa has surrendered a port now in uh, in Deben now. That's colonialism. Where you just take your port and give it to other people surrendering your sovereignty and later you are going to say people have colonized you. When you go to China and say give us a power station in exchange for Owar Tambo Airport, why would they miss that opportunity? It's not them, it's your stupidity as leaders. No one, no, there's no policy of China. We've gone through it many a times that seeks to colonize anyone. But if people go there with bad ideas, it's not a problem of China. It's their own problem. No socialist organization and socialism teaches us that. But we can't engage in imperialist uh, program. We can't engage in colonialist program. We intervene where necessary, and intervention does not mean interference. And that's what it inspires that relationship um, uh, with countries like China and Cuba too. 
the Cubans, you go to them, you seek solution, they will provide it. And then they don't say, give us this, give us that. It's South Africa that says, in exchange, we'll give you this. You make no See, y'all. Uh, now, what you think of that brother right there in Africa? Well, some of the things that he said I agree with, with the mindset of how the leaders are. And like he said, they don't have Africans that know, know how to negotiate. You know, they they see big dollars and they got their little hidden agenda, but still they don't know how to negotiate for the continent of Africa and for the people. Yeah, I've been listening to my, this brother for a minute, y'all. So I'm kind of feeling I'm, I'm kind of feeling he's on the right page. This brother right here. I'm gonna give credit to credit who do, and and get criticism to criticism who do. But this brother right here been on some 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 mindset and things. And he got a hard ass line, and he means well for his people. You know, I kind of read his spirit, and that's what his spirit say. You know, how you know, Faye, how you know? But I think uh, I can read people's spirit pretty well. So um, let's analyze. We should not, as Africans, anyway, because we are rejected, we are hated everywhere. We should not find it easy to fight with each other. It must be the most painful and the most difficult thing for an African to take up guns and shoot at another African. Because if others can do it, they will do it with easy. It must be difficult for us. We are hated everywhere in the world. We are treated like we are not human beings. Why should we treat each other like that ourselves? That's why the EFF here in South Africa is told every time that we won't vote for you because uh, you want foreigners in our country, you protect foreigners in our country, so be it. We're not going to kill Africans in exchange for votes. I would rather stay at home in the villages because that is not just us. So we are for Africans and Africans everywhere must always find African solution to their problems without Sassol's interference, without France's interference, without British interference, we need to sit down and find solutions of Africa by Africans and not this broad uh, 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 interference that we see all the time. So we are, we are aware of what's happening in Mozambique and we'll make sure that the government of the EFF finds an African solution which is going to be permanent and not driven by foreign company or multinational companies' interest. And I hold that view. I hold the view that African leaders should be bold enough to sit in Addis Ababa and make a resolution that now that we have seen the French, the Belgians, the Dutch and the British, albeit in, in a lukewarm manner, admit that they committed atrocities, we are unilaterally saying that what we now owe as loans constitute first installment payments and then we go into other negotiations on the mode and quantum of payment. If they did that and they tried to sanction us, they cannot sanction all the 54 countries. The only thing that they can threaten us is military action. But it would be something that ought to be done. But who has the courage? Who will bail the cut? That is the perennial question. It requires something that is unanimous, something that is united, so that you don't have a few people running away and saying we are not part of it. But that is the only way. Remember that the IMF... See, that's what he's saying, that, you know, to me, analyzing it, these dudes ain't got no heart, man. You got Russia, and you got China. And then you got the whole continent of Africa. Now, if China want to be a part of you, they got to bring their loyalty. That means they got to bring their guns or whatever, whatever. We getting these people out of here because they they the source of our problem. If y'all want to do business with us, you need to help us get these people out of here to show you uh, show us your loyalty. 
Russia, you do the same thing. But D, because because you already know Africa doesn't really have the military. I mean the 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 um the um bombs and everything that uh, they have. But showing sure up if Russia. It's showing up as how America and the UN is giving Ukraine weapon, Russia and China can get Afri- Africa weapons and show their loyalty. But they ain't got the hard mindset like that. You know what I'm saying? They run around here and ooga booga want to be in the tribe and try to do this. You can ooga booga later. We in all these, all this whole continent of Africa beat. We beating on our tom tom. Beating on our tom tom, we beating on our tom toms. We beating on our tom tom, we beating on our tom toms. But you know, most of them don't even hear the rhythm of the beat because they all caught up with that old slick stuff. You know, the African beat, the African spiritual tom tom beat from this our, 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 our ancestors. They ain't hearing it. They don't even know about it because they're, they're out of touch of who they are and what position they hold and why we're in the position that we are in. The thing is, why are we in the position that we're in? And then you get that, how, why are we in that position where we're in out the way to progress in? You can't you can't have mess in you and be, try to build while you still got mess in you. How can you be trying to say, I want to be a good person, but I got some old nasty ways in me. I got to change those nasty ways in order for I, so I can be that good person. I don't understand that. How can you, how can you grow in Africa and you got hindrance and botherance and wickedness trying to keep y'all divided? Hmm. Let's analyze was created in 1944 and its architecture and orientation was designed not meant uh, not was not designed for african countries we are simply grafted into the imf scheme and the imf the way i look at the way it has behaved is not a body that is a good samaritan they want to keep you in constant slavery you can never run away. And the sooner African countries recognize that, the safer will be. Whenever IMF tells you that your economy is doing well, you must be very worried because it means the exact opposite. And some of the monies that are owed by African countries are monies that if countries look domestically can actually be raised. But for some reason, we don't want to use our internal resources, both human and natural. And we find ourselves beholden to this latter-day Shylock. Well, people can watch our program on Thomas uh, Sankara on our Rumble channel. They owe, they owe, as of this month, around £282 million, pounds, uh, uh, sorry, uh, dollars, Burkina uh, Faso, right now. Why do you think it is? I mean, obviously, the IMF deny, they say they're a benign institution apart from Dominique Strauss-Kahn, the former managing director of the IMF, uh, found guilty of uh, rape, and uh, of course Christine Lagarde found guilty of uh, negligence, sentenced to a year in prison, she didn't serve it. Uh, Apart from that, the IMF say what you're saying is completely wrong, they try and help the world. What pressure is exerted on these African leaders uh, to uh, pay? I, I think I have Kenya's figure here somewhere. Um, you know, I mean, they're, they're free, they're democracies. What have these African countries got to worry about if they say, look, we can't be spending huge proportions of our federal budget on debt servicing? Most African leaders are thoroughly compromised. They run governments, some of which are kleptocratic governments, where corruption is rampant, where wastage is rampant, where they themselves are not beyond reproach at personal level. And it's therefore very easy to intimidate them by telling them, if you don't play ball, if you don't behave, we are going to expose you. And and that is why you find individuals who are in positions of leadership in Africa lack the moral backbone. A few leaders who have had that kind of backbone have always resisted the IMF. You could see it in the early days of people like Julius Tambaragi Nyerere 
or Kenneth Kaunda, or even more recently, people like John Joseph Kombi Magufuli, they could stand up to the IMF because at a personal level, they held no accounts outside of the country. They did not have any skeletons worthy of note. And, and therefore, they had the moral courage. But the majority of the leaders we have now do not have the moral courage to, to, to confront the IMF. But do you think the Ukraine conflict is having these echoes through Africa? Because we saw how the um, American-backed uh, TPLF in uh, uh, Tigray were neutralized to an extent to be able to keep that Ethiopia-Eritrea uh, peace deal going. We've seen recently the breakthrough on the Gerd Dam between Ethiopia and Egypt. Do you think the United States is taking its eye off the ball to allow, that is in effect allowing Africa to, uh, certain parts of Africa to regroup and create peace and... Uh... Allow. 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 See, see, this is the mindset they had. I'm allow y'all to do that. I'm not gonna allow y'all to do that. So if somebody gonna allow y'all to do that, allow that, that means you they over you. They, they, you you're not free. You don't have you ain't running nothing. So this letting me know, this telling me now that these these African leaders, these military men, they ain't running nothing. They just prop. They ain't doing shit. Because right now, they're allowing you to do it. That means if they're allowing you to do it, they you having permission to do it. When they don't have to allow you to do it and you want to do it, they're going to stop you. So that let me know that you already know. So my, 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 what I'm saying now, dude already said, and he from Africa, let you know that the African leaders are spineless, Sweeter than Kool-Aid and softer than cotton candy. Let's analyze. Hopes for the future. You know, there is this old saying that you do not trust the Greeks even when they bear a gift. It could be a Trojan horse. And, and I am never one who thinks that uh, Western countries and the United States of America, in its corporate sense, means well if anything happens that is good it is incidental rather than something yeah i just meant they're taking their eye off the ball yes they may they know they never take the eye off the ball whatever you see them do is uh, tactical if you see them moving out of something and you think that they have, uh, uh, their, their eye is not on the ball, it is not. Their eye is always on the ball and they may make certain tactical changes which you think are in your best interest, but they are traps and they are meant to fulfill a grander agenda and ultimately they will come for your jugular. Well, that's a, that's a bit worrying. I mean, they can't always always win. I noticed this change in Kenya policy, where you're speaking to me from, because arguably the uh, Kenyan ambassador to the UN, Martin uh, uh, Kimani, he appeared like uh, CIA central casting on the vote uh, on Ukraine. And now, then uh, Sergei Lavrov, Russian foreign minister, was uh, welcomed uh, uh, to Nairobi on the 29th of May emblematic of lots of African countries that are changing their views and realizing the, uh, the geopolitical balance is changing. They don't have to obey Washington the way they used to. You, I mean, you have a military base north of Nairobi, don't you? They're British soldiers occupying parts of your country. <laughs> that is very true. And, and, and that is the problem that we have in many African countries that many times because of the presence of these military bases, it is as if we are simply... Uh, uh, See, now, I don't understand. They got British bases over there. Why can't China and Russia get these African people weapons so they, they can force Britain out of their country? Now, if America do that to everybody else, foreign weapons and all that to help them get their get, get their land back. Why the other country that don't look Caucasian can't do this to other people? You got to have China to show their loyalty. 
You got to have Russia to show they loyalty. Because you already know the car, how the you already know how the um, Africa took the worst beating out of this um, car colonialism. But they ain't got no heart. They ain't seeing it. All they want to do. Backyards of our former colonizers because they trained you as soldiers, they have uh, boots on the ground in your territory, and uh, in many ways they can interfere with your country militarily. They share intelligence with your country, with your intelligence institutions. But what one is beginning to see, not in a, a sustained manner, but at least at the level of rhetoric, Africa. See, see what it is is. Africa, these jokers right here. They, and this is why I want a, a people from, from 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 here from the states in America. I want y'all to check this out, man. Africa, these African jokers, right? These people, common people in Africa. These foolish people in Africa go fight each other that look like them. And they got the the Britain over there coming in there messing up, destroying their land and whatever. They they don't they don't have the mindset or the heart to say, well, we gonna join together to get these Britain and stuff out of our, our land. And once we get these trolls out of our land, then we can capitalize on what we need to do next. Because once you get them out on the line, everybody can just agree to, to to a better policy to bring Africa back to what was 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 once was the beautiful nation and continent that it was until the Caucasian man came and destroyed it. Let's analyze. Leaders and African country are beginning to get irritated by this attitude of Western countries where they treat you as if you are little schoolboys and schoolgirls. And if you've recently listened recently to the South African foreign minister, uh, Pandora, she's been very candid and clear that you don't have and you should never try to choose friends for us and don't choose enemies for us. In this Ukrainian struggle, this Russian-Ukrainian war, we choose to be uh, to be neutral, and the neutrality is informed by history. Because at critical times in the history of the independence struggle, the Soviet Union, as it then was, supported many African countries, and those memories are very recent. And that they were supporting African countries against the European powers, who now are lecturing us on on democracy and which themselves conducted and ran very undemocratic and humiliating institutions and systems in African countries. So the courage comes in, uh, in, in faces, but is not sustained. And remember that uh, what is happening is that African countries are still very much divided with the French still controlling their former colonies, the British also, through the institution of the Commonwealth, also does so. The Angola, the rather the Portuguese, to a lesser extent, and America, of course, is the world hegemon, which dictates to many countries from Washington D.C. And uh, the dollar is the instrument for that particular domination, and I think the other instrument that is used for domination is a military threat, that if you don't behave, we, we can uh, simply station a warship off the coast of Atlantic or, or India and send a few tomahawks and see how you will behave. So African countries find themselves in a situation that is very different, for example, from Russia, which has a nuclear, which is a nuclear power, or, or Pakistan, or India, or China, African countries. See, that's what I tell you. That's exactly what I'm saying. The, the, you know that Africa been oppressed all this time and they don't have the, the, the weapon to stop all this other stuff. So you need all these people that trying to dig in your dirt, Africa. 
They need to be allies to you to keep this monkey off your back. But y'all ain't got no heart like that, man. Y'all ain't got no leaders like that. That's why y'all need to start praying to the, the real God. The God of the Hebrew God. Yahweh. Yahweh Shai. Because y'all, because y'all mindset is not the right set. But the most high God, all listen to intact. This is what y'all fail to really don't fail to realize. Y'all think that y'all doing this because of y'all interest. Y'all doing this because this is Bible prophecy. And half of them that not going to miss the mark, half of them that going with the United States, because the Bible and the scriptures say those, all those people that um, um, behind the, the um, this evil Satan backing them up, you're going to perish too. So all these leaders that falling behind the United States and all this, I, I know half of them is on the threat because the United States got them by the balls. And why, if you in your country, you want another country that got you by the balls and whatever they do, they want to dictate to you. And then, and then the mindset of these people that in high power want to dictate to you. And then they they send other people, children out here for war to kill and keep their children, and they still in the office dictate. So you're gonna risk. Your children, your children gonna risk their lives over wickedness, over fighting for a country. That's why they trying to, and 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 people in America mindset is so retarded that they talking about they gonna have a draft. Man, what makes you think? If I was a young, if I was a young person, in in, in my. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, in that range, and they talking about draft, y'all need to mob up as a people, as a young people. Hell no, we not fighting your war. They can't, see, where, where is the free people at? Where, see, they made all these positive policies, and policies don't trump your constitutional right. Your constitutional right is the trump card. It's the high joker. Nothing can't beat the high joker. But they sit down there and make policies and all these other things trying to sugarcoat. But what when, once you put the high joker out there, ain't nothing they can do. They said, the Constitution said once the government came uh, become wicked on the people, that the people can rebel against the government. Because the government is not doing as for the people. The government is doing for what the government it is. And is that proven or not? You can look at your history and your facts and see that, fam. Let's analyze. To make sure that BRICS is strengthened and BRICS is an alternative to Europe and America. We are with President Putin. And we want to say to President Putin, it is not us South Africans who refused you from coming into the country. It is Ramaphosa, the coward Ramaphosa, who could not guarantee that we will not arrest Putin. We are Putin, and Putin is us. And you know who Ramaphosa is? I think it's that president that I told you is soft as cotton candy. And with the Britain, he, he, he see, you hear what he said. My man even calling him, I told, I ain't even know what type of dude he is. Let's analyze. Who will never support imperialism against President Putin. Comrades, America is threatening us with African Growth and Opportunity Act, that if we don't arrest Putin, they are going to take away Akoa. They can take away Akoa and leave us with our sovereignty and leave us with our foreign policy. We must have the capacity to take a decision of our own. Let us go fighters forward towards the liberation of the masses of our people. Let us not get tired. Let us not retreat. Victory is certain. 
Once you guys get tired, once you guys become lazy, once you become reluctant to fight, you must know the enemy has won. I will never get tired. No one can make me tired. I march forward to the victory of our people. The revolution in South Africa is guaranteed that under the EFF, this country will be the better. Stand up, South Africa. Make sure that, South Africa, you are counted with me. Run, South Africa. Stand and make sure that our people understand that they need to be counted. You must be counted. You must be part of history. You must make sure that you are one of the people who are going to deliver economic freedom in our lifetime. Freedom in our lifetime. My God. We need to be loyal to the discipline of organization. Women, we must refuse to be part of the commonwealth. There is nothing common about the commonwealth except that we are all colonized by Britain. As a revolutionary party that is going to take over South Africa next year, we are going to leave the commonwealth. We will not be dictated by IMF will not be dictated by the World Bank, will be dictated to by the people of South Africa. We want to say to Commandant Fidel Castro that we stand with the Cubans and they remain an anchor of our struggle for socialism across the world. We need peace and to silence the guns in Mali, in Burkina Faso, in, in Sudan. We need to openly as a glorious movement say that another African must never enjoy seeing a blood of another African. What is happening in Eastern DRC is highly unacceptable where more than 12,000 people are killed and the world is not saying anything. We need peace in the Eastern DRC. Comrades, we don't have to fight over expanding territories into Mozambique, into Central African Republic, into Congo Brazzaville, into Zambia, including infiltrating Benin, because Africa is one. Why do you want to extend your territory as a country? For what? Because we want one Africa with one currency, with one military, with one judiciary, with one president, of the United Republic of Africa. We need Africa to be bigger in order to fight all of these people. African on African violence must stop and must stop now. Dictators who are scared of democracy, please stop your nonsense now. Stop killing fellow Africans. South Africa and Africa Let's resolve everything peacefully. I'm about to get on their ass this time. I'm about to get on their wrong. The police can kill a man on camera and get qualified immunity. And I'm tired of beefing with my own kind. I'm trying to find some unity. Tired of the foolery. The system abusing me. I got to ride with the tool of me. This shit ain't cool to me. But I'll be damned if I let you niggas make a fool of me. So I keep two on me. Uh, I done came a long way from the block with breakdowns. Finally opened my eyes when I had my daughter. Got tired of them shakedowns. The way I survived the game is still pain in my heart. I got a lot to say now. And I'ma show my whole ass on these motherfuckers. I ain't about to play around. Whatever happened to freedom of speech? Cause they telling niggas what to say now. When guilty ass don't wanna hear the truth, try to act defended, shit pitiful. If I was you, I'd be miserable. This war we fighting is spiritual. In other words, I'm doing God's work when I turn thoughts into artwork. My words fly like darts work, specifically designed to hit the target. They don't even wanna teach history the way it's meant to be because the shit is heartless. I might not change the world, but it's a chance I can spark the brain that's gonna get it started. Many die for me to walk like this, for me to talk like this. What's the peace to Marcus? Uh, Got my eyes behind the scope and I ain't taking number headshots. 
I got great aim, but my four five still came with a red dot. I got in this game and I put this bitch in the headlock. Tensions in the Sahel region of Africa on the rise. Some politicians in France have made public their disagreement with the Elysee Palace over the nation's policy towards its former colonies. Today it's Niger. Yesterday it was Mali, the Central African Republic, Burkina Faso rejecting France, French forces, French companies. But we do not understand the evolution of French policy in Africa on a military level, as well as on the level of joint development or on the level of cultural and linguistic cooperation. Today, the French Africa of yesterday has been replaced by the military Russian Africa, by the economic Chinese Africa, and by the diplomatic American Africa. And, unfortunately, what do we have to say about the regression of the French language in comparison with English? These senators are addressing French President Emmanuel Macron now in a major national newspaper, Le Figaro, and they're doing it on behalf of 94 French parliamentarians. Now, what they want, they say, is a, quote, review of France's vision of Africa and links to the continent, because it's all just suddenly a big mystery to them as to what could possibly have gone so wrong. So the French defense minister responded to the letter by basically saying, failures? What failures, you big drama queens? I can't let it be said that Operation Barhain was a failure. Our army has constantly pushed back terrorist groups in the Sahel, saving thousands of lives there, but also protecting French people at home from the threat of attacks on our soil. Bahrain was not a failure. It is a mistake to say that. Apparently, none of these French politicians know why Africa would possibly turn to Russia's Wagner Group for security services when French troops were doing such a bang-up job with counterterrorism and stability that coups were happening left and right, right under their noses in places like Mali, Guinea, and Burkina Faso, and Niger. And the West African region was just named the global epicenter of terrorism by the Institute of Economics and Peace's 2023 Global Terrorism Index. And Niger, as an added bonus, even got a special mention in that report for its terrorism surge. It was just earlier this year that French President Emmanuel Macron tried rebranding Paris's Africa strategy in an obvious effort to have an excuse to just keep hanging out there. The objective of this new phase, of this new era in which we're entering, is to deploy our security presence in a partnership form so that it fits this new partnership. To avoid the repetition of history, there's another path. Another path which consists in not reducing Africa to a field of competition or profit and in considering African countries as partners with whom we shared interests and responsibilities. Macron repeatedly mentioned partnerships with African civil society. Translation, French cash for NGOs to do France's bidding for it in Africa. Macron made a point of saying that this was all about not, quote, taking people for imbeciles, which is kind of like a big flashing red sign advertising, attention, I'm about to do just that. It's not like Mali's foreign minister didn't spell it all out for Macron and anyone else willing to listen, what exactly France was doing wrong in Africa. It's up to France to assess the results of the operation. The objective of Operation Barkhane was to liberate Mali from terrorist groups and provide security. But I can say that nine years later, the overall result, I say overall result because there were many players involved, the overall result did not meet the expectations of the people of Mali and the region, because we're only fighting terrorism in the north of the country. And now there are growing issues with terrorism in other towns and areas in Mali. We see more and more intercommunal violence, which leads to a lot of deaths. At present, the situation in many countries of the region is unstable. One cannot claim that Mali is to blame here. Mali itself suffered from the invasion of Libya by Western countries. The result of the operation was not worth the effort and the money invested. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov also pointed out last year that former French Foreign Minister Jean-Yves Le Drian and EU Chief Diplomat Joseph Borrell had told him that Russia had nothing to do in Africa, neither by the state means nor by private means, because Africa is an area of interest to the EU and France. Maybe they should have just told Lavrov that they licked it too, like kids do with the entire box of chocolates or candy, 
just to make sure that Russia knew that Africa belonged to them. With this level of self-awareness, it's all indeed just a big mystery as to why French seduction efforts have backfired in Africa. They left the front in the dead of night with little fanfare on departure. A pair of foreign fighters who had taken up the Ukrainian cause. Hundreds, if not thousands, of international combatants have come to Ukraine's aid. Much like the leaders of NATO, pledging support at the summit in Lithuania. But this small group has had enough. The train will take them home. The past few weeks on the Eastern Front have been the final straw. Ukraine's counter-offensive has struggled to achieve its objectives. As the Russians deploy mass artillery and minefields to slow the Ukrainians down. The fighting has been brutal, although no one was killed in this incident. For the foreign fighters, there is a refuge near the front, a modest house in eastern Ukraine where the door is always open. And we met an Irishman there, a heavy machine gunner, who's been fighting in Ukraine for the past 17 months. What is it like right now on the front line, the zero point? Zero on zero line, um, it's, it's horror. It's horror. There is just, it's, it's a genocide. It's a slaughter. There is just people dead everywhere. Like Russians dead, Ukrainian people dead, Ukrainian soldiers dead, just, just left there. Just left there and I don't know why. Brees Byrne says he was almost killed a few weeks ago as his multinational unit prepared to attack the line. It keeps disconnecting all the bells, bro. We were told there's a Russian trench line and our job is uh, to go into the trenches and clear them out, hold them until uh, auxiliary units come and then we go home. They were taken to a staging area, but they had no air cover and a pair of Ukrainian tanks withdrew. In the distance, another tank approached, the unit assuming it was friendly. Are you doing all right though? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. But it wasn't. Soldiers took cover in the woods, hoping that assistance would arrive. Any station, any station, this is Bravo. Can anybody hear me? Can anybody read me? Go! Go, 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 go! As the light fell, a Ukrainian truck pulled up, and the survivors scrambled in the back. But Burns said they were spotted. A Russian tank giving chase. Let's go! Now we have the tank literally coming out, starting to chase us, and that's terrifying. When you see a big T-72 coming for you and you're in a Humvee pickup, yeah, you're, it's like a hot knife through water. You're, you're, you're finished. So again, all of us are screaming, drive the Humvee, drive the Humvee. I was going mental. I've never done like those big mountains like you have. This sanctuary is run by a muscular pastor, a New Zealander called Owen Panoma. What's the point of of this place, this this house? So you be, be some, some sort of support, you know, to sit there. Where are you from? You got kids, you know, basically to take their mind off war. No one is pressured to communicate, but the trauma will often make itself known. They sleep talk. They scream. Night time, you come out, go to the toilet, think, oh, it's all right, and the guys wake up, you know, they don't realize that what they're doing. They may not be aware of what they're actually doing because it's quiet here. Out there, it's not. Byrne and a fellow fighter race to make their train with the past quickly stuffed in their rucksacks, but they can't leave it all behind. It's the only ticket I have for. These men have spent months on the edge. This will become a memory for me, yeah? That's all it'll be, just 
a memory that I'll try push, 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 push behind that I'll hopefully forget. I genuinely hope I forget it, but I know it'll haunt me, it'll come back. As NATO pledges arms, these men are pulling out. Although their departure was delayed when the pair bought the wrong tickets. Turns out it was harder to leave than they thought. John Sparks. We kick off this hour with breaking news coming from the Ecuadorian capital of Quito. It's where an opposition candidate in the upcoming presidential election has been shot dead during a campaign rally on Wednesday evening. I should warn you, you may well find the following images disturbing. A footage showing Fernando Villavicencio leaving the event. As he's entering his car, gunshots ring out. Eyewitnesses are saying that he was shot three times. He died later of his injuries in hospital. At least nine other people at the event were also injured, including two police officers. One of the gunmen was also killed by security staff, with reports saying there were three shooters. Ecuador's president has expressed his condolences and vowed the crime will not go unpunished. He suggested organized crime is behind the shooting. Uh, six people have reportedly been detained in connection with this incident. Now, Fernando Villaviciencio's murder comes just days before the first round of voting in the presidential election. He was a member of a coalition movement party focusing on calling out corruption, organized crime and drug trafficking. He was also a member of the National Assembly before it was dissolved in May. Now, in response to the assassination, two other presidential candidates have announced they are suspending their campaigns. See, they scare tactic, and they say assassination, but it's murder. You see the cold words, how a Caucasian man be using the word, it's straight up murder. They always talk about assassination, it's murder. Assassination seems so numb. You know what I'm saying? He got assassinated. They got murdered. Which one sounds more hard? You see how they use these words? And now the other clowns done um, got scared. Now, Villa Eficiencio revealed last week his campaign had received two death threats in less than 48 hours, linked to one of the most powerful drug trafficking groups in Ecuador. The first threat was against his campaign director in Manta, the port city where the mayor was assassinated late last month. Separately, a year ago, Villa Vicencio claimed there had been a previous attempt on his life when his house came under gunfire. Here's new leadership has accused France of violating the West African country's airspace and conducting an attack on local military forces. Now, it issued a statement that the incident enabled, quote, terrorist prisoners to escape from a detention facility. These are extremely serious events underway in Niger as a result of the behavior of the French forces on our territory and their accomplices. On the 9th of August 2023, at around 6.30 a.m., the Nigerian National Guard position at Boko Boko, 30 kilometers from the Samira gold mine site, came under attack. The number of casualties has not yet been established. However, as a reminder, through direct communication with Western partners, the behavior of the French forces was criticized for having unilaterally released captured terrorist prisoners. They had been grouped together in a valley in the village of Fatili, 28 kilometers northwest of Yatakala, where a planning meeting had been held with the aim of attacking military positions in the tree border area. The French army tried to freeze our allies in the Liptaku Burma and the Ifa region. Then they, uh, they had violated the ESPS. We all knew or had this information through the social media. Now we are trying to have the information from the official, but they are all focused today on the arrival of the new prime minister. We had them lately on through the telephone through the... Tunisia was hit with a barrage of sanctions. The restrictions were imposed by France and other Western powers. And now, neighboring country Nigeria as well, which heads a regional group of nations. The measures target Niger's new military leadership and other entities believed to be connected with them. While the world's leading sanctioner, the US, is also among those making life harder for people in Niger. Washington severed all its financial help to the country. 
on Monday, Deputy Secretary of State Victoria Newland made a beeline to the West African nation and held what she described as difficult talks, while Nigeria's presidential office is still suggesting a diplomatic way out, despite the wave of punishments coming from Abuja. President Bola Ahmed Tinubu, in his capacity as the chairman of ECOWAS, has been unequivocal in his position that diplomacy is the best way forward. He, along with his colleagues in the, in the bloc, uh, would prefer a resolution that was obtained through diplomatic means, through peaceful means, uh, rather than any other. President Bola Tinubu, who is also the ECOWAS uh, chair, has come under a lot of backlash, you know, from Nigerians and then from other Africans from uh, around the continent. See, this is what I understand, fam. This is what I understand. Nigeria accused France of violating their airspace, right? So, now they're doing that bully tactic. So, now, if... If, if France is bullying Nigeria, so the France should be bullying the whole African continent. See, that's what I'm saying about this individuality and allowing a, 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 a wicked people to go out here and continue doing wickedness and the rest of the people just sitting down there with their feet crossed and their hands tied. You, you, you can tell what the fear is. They scared, man. You know, China had to get the America did everything to China to make China fall, to bring sanctions and sanctions and sanctions and sanctions. And China was so cunning enough to, to have them some backup plan. Without without that, without the, the problems that America had put on China, China wouldn't be as successful as they are now because America made China the way they are. Now, let America make you better than what you are. You got to get out of your uncomfortable mode. That's why I say Africa, one nation, one continent. You punch one African in the nose, you got to punch everybody in the nose. They ain't got the heart and the spirit like that. But they call us kata, cotton pick. Right. <laughs> the position of Equas, you know, uh, on this school, some saying that, that you know, Equas is taking a really firm stance, you know, for the first time uh, in in three years since we've been seeing, uh, you know, some a, a, a kind of military uprising in the West African region. We're saying this this school in Niger makes it the seventh, you know, uh, coup d'état to to happen in the region and in other instances ECOWAS um, you know uh, did not deploy uh, military forces you know so uh, some people are saying that uh, uh, the, the position of ECOWAS you know taking a really firm stance on this um, coup that has occurred in Niger is um, not supported by by a majority of Africans in fact Nigerians are worried you know that if indeed ECOWAS proceeds with a military intervention that could you know have a lot of serious on another point to note Niger is among the biggest producers of uranium in the world the bulk of which goes to the EU specifically France that then helps to create nuclear power perhaps one of the reasons then why Paris appears so interested in maintaining its grip on the West African nation Since the military takeover, the French company Orano, which exploits the uranium in Niger in the region of Agadez, specifies that their employees continue to do their work. However, the opinion of the population on this exploitation is not in their favor. Rioters in the streets have called for this French company to stop and leave Niger.
exploitation of uranium in Niger, nothing has changed in the daily life here. People of Niger face factors such as famine, unemployment, lack of water and lack of electricity, among others. For these different reasons, the people want to break with France on the exploitation of uranium. The people of Niger are asking that all ties with France should be cut off. See y'all, this is what I'm saying. All these people starving in France, getting all the money. And see, they're getting the, ur the uranium. And then they're getting 65, 60 billion dollars from, man, just to protect Africa. That's what I'm getting. And they can't protect themselves, so they got Caucasian man coming and taking all your minerals and all that out. <laughs> Woo, it's getting funny about the funny. I thought, I thought, y'all, I thought the black man in black world America, I thought we were silly billy. I thought we was foolish and crazy. They call us crazy. And, and slavery and kata and all these days, but I'm looking at them and I'm laughing at them. At least, you know, we got stolen in this country and we made this, we made America what America is. They still in Africa and the Caucasian man just whipping their country like they ain't nothing. And they scared. They, they, they built all these little individual borders so that they could be in their little hut to tell they look people what to do. You know what I'm saying? I understand. It's kind of funny to be right now. A funny, sad situation. Let's analyze. Russia's defense minister, Sergei Shoigu, has said that the US is escalating the situation by delivering weapons banned by its Western partners. As there is a growing deficit of Western artillery munitions for the Ukrainian armed forces, Washington decided to commit a war crime by including cluster munitions that are banned by an international convention in its latest aid package. Apart from that, NATO countries are also working on providing Kyiv with F-16 tactical fighter jets. The West's readiness to invest a considerable part of their resources into Ukraine in order to turn the situation on the battlefield to their favor creates a risk of a significant escalation of the conflict. Well, increasing numbers of Western analysts have admitted Kiev's much-vaunted counteroffensive is failing to meet expectations. At the same time, the Russian MOD says its troops are continuing to push forward in the Lugansk Republic. And with the backbone of any ground battle being tanks, RT's Igor Zidanov breaks down now their role on the front lines. It didn't take long for the expectations from Ukraine's counteroffensive to shoot from the highest of hopes to the hardest of crashes. As Kiev troops crawled forward, leaving a trail of dead bodies and scorched NATO vehicles, saber-rattling made way to gloom and bewilderment. Meanwhile, Russia quietly resumed its own advance here in the Lugansk Republic. These T-90 tanks, Russia calls the best in the world, so obviously it's a much desired prey for Ukraine's artillery, other tanks, kamikaze drones, you name it. So they have to stay very well hidden until they go into action, together with other tank models, perhaps not as advanced. Tanks are the backbone of any offensive. They rush into battle first, guns blazing, clearing the path for the infantry. Javelins didn't justify themselves at all. From the very beginning of the military operation, we saw them just lying on the roads. I mean, Ukrainian soldiers didn't use them. What's good in the forest? Rocket-propelled grenades aren't terrifying. Only mines and artillery are. In the past weeks, Russia has had a major breakthrough here. The first line of Ukraine's defenses that had been impenetrable for months has collapsed at last. Last time we had a task, taking a position in the Lysychansk Kriminaya forests. The task was completed within three days. We hollowed out the enemy from positions. Well done, boys. They did it. Every assault has its price, measured in people's flesh, 
limbs and lives. Being so close to combat, tanks often play a crucial role in whether a soldier will get treatment in time. Injured after the battle, now they will throw him in and there will be an evacuation. Life here is all about sweat, dirt and blood. Yet servicemen need no time to explain what keeps them going. For the sake of this, I go forward, so as not to desecrate the memory of fallen comrades, so that when they look from above, they say, this is my soldier, he walks to the end. And of course, for the grandfathers and great-grandfathers. When we've liberated these settlements, the locals greeted us and applauded us. They complained about the armed forces of Ukraine, that they had been offending them and treating them not like human beings. We want to liberate the territory as soon as possible so that people can live peacefully here. We begin this hour with news from the Moscow region, where some 56 people now have been injured after a massive blast occurred at an industrial facility located not far from Moscow. RT correspondent Donald Quarter reports. I'm here right now in front of a hospital uh, in the Russian town of Sergeyev Posad, where a number of injured people have been taken after this explosion took place at around 10.40 a.m. local time at an optics factory that had a stockpile of pyrotechnics. The officials are now investigating it as a case of criminal negligence, and they said that earlier reports that it had something to do with a drone attack simply do not correspond with reality. In terms of the response from the emergency services, 150 personnel arrived on the scene the fire has already been put out and they were able to uh, rescue three people from under the rubble although unfortunately there are still media reports that another five people may still be there under the rubble but uh, the city government has already commented on the situation because there has been uh, a bit of damage caused by to the surrounding buildings around this factory as a result of this explosion but the city authorities have said that they are going to foot the bill in its entirety for the repairs of everything connected to this explosion. Earlier we got the opportunity to speak with some of the people that actually witnessed this explosion and those who unfortunately suffered as a result of it. Immediately after the explosion, glass first flew out from the side of the balcony into the hall and then glass flew at us from the side of the rooms. We wanted to run out into the street but the door jammed and we couldn't get out. Of course the kids were scared. When we were finally able to run out of the house, there was smoke in the entrance, windows and doors were lying all around because the doors were closed for everyone and they had to break out. I was nearby, 50 to 60 meters away. We were in shock and then they quickly cordoned off the place and took us inside. Many people were covered in blood. I have shell shock as it seems to me because I saw the pillar of fire and either the blast wave knocked me off my feet or I just quickly fell to the ground. All the debris flew but it did not seem to hit me. I was a hundred meters away in a car with open doors and windows. First there was a small whistle, and then a double explosion. I was thrown out of the car. The windshield fell on me. My hip is fractured. The Biden administration is reportedly set to announce $200 million of new military aid to Kiev. The funds are said to become available after the $6 billion-plus accounting mistake admitted by the Pentagon in June. It comes on the heels of a recent CNN public opinion poll that revealed a majority of Americans do not support providing Ukraine with additional military equipment. The survey revealed that 55% of Americans are opposed to Congress authorizing additional funding for the Ukrainian military. Republicans were more likely to hold that position than Democrats. Also, a majority of 51% believe Washington has already done enough to assist Kyiv. That's up from 38% since February of last year. When asked about how they feel of Joe Biden's handling of the conflict, 53% said they disapprove. Meanwhile, Washington presses on with its record high volumes of arms for Kyiv's government. The amount dwarfs any previous supplies of American allies in modern history. 
In January last year to May of this year, the U.S. provided more than $46 billion worth of military assistance to Ukraine. That included $23.5 billion in weapons and equipment transfers. That aid compromises that more than 60% of the total U.S. assistance for the country. The latest package, estimated at $1.3 billion, will include military drones and air defense systems. So as you just heard, the president who answers only to his constituents, by his constituents, I mean the people who put him on that seat, the military-industrial complex, the deep states, etc. Um, he said to announce another $200 million in military aid to Ukraine. And this is coming directly after a CNN poll just found that 55% of Americans don't um, want any further military assistance, military aid to, to Ukraine. 55% are against any further military assistance to Ukraine. But um, the people are no problem for Biden because the people didn't put him there, so his uh, constituents, real constituents, I want him to go ahead and fund the war, and that is what he's going to do. Now, um, after looking at the results of the poll, um, you have to agree that it is amazing that despite all the propaganda, all the lies that Americans have been fed about what is going on in Ukraine that people are still able you know to figure out the truth enough to um, vote the way they did in the polls because it is a majority of Americans on each poll being against anything going on in Ukraine and that is amazing really if you think about it because the average American not does not hear any single truth about what is going on in Ukraine in the American media, in the mainstream media. So this means that people are finding ways to educate themselves enough to vote in this manner and that is amazing to me. It's prejudice bastards. Prejudice bastards. Prejudice bastards, tell them go. Prejudice bastards, prejudice bastards, prejudice bastards, tell them go. Now let's talk about freedom. The Negro says, I want my freedom now. And others say, no. The voice of a responsible, educated, non-biased person says, there is no other way until justice is blind to color, until education is unaware of race, until opportunity is unconcerned with the color of a man's skin. Emancipation will always be a proclamation, but not a fact. <laughs> you see, prejudice squints when it looks and lies when it talks. Prejudice bastards, prejudice bastards, prejudice bastards, tell them dope. Prejudice bastards, prejudice bastards, prejudice bastards.